When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, we are presented by Progressive Insurance along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, bopping, dancing, Evan Cohen with you. What in the world last night? The Raiders. Hey, you know what, guys? They scored 63 points combined the last two weeks. Last week was zero. This week was 63. And uh, the Chargers, oh boy, we're going to get to that in a second. But if you're watching on the TV side, you do see a big box on the table, guys. I must shout out our station in Ithaca, ESPN Ithaca, 107.1, 1160 AM. Nick Karski and the crew there. We have invited all the stations around the country to send us gear for us to display on set. And ESPN Ithaca has done so. So I'm going to do the little unboxing here on the air. CC saw me trying to... The box up. that you, yes, you opened up with a plastic knife. Right. It worked. I, I don't know how it worked. I was just glad you didn't hurt yourself. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Koozies. E- ESPN oh. Ithaca gets me. Yes. Nah, I'm talking about what else they got I know. Hold on. I'm going to give out the, the koozies. The koozies are cool. Absolutely. And but, then but is that what I'm look talking at about this. Right look the at this. The, the beanie oh, hats. Yeah. The hats that we got here. Yeah. Nick Karski, ESPN yeah. Ithaca did a I'm tremendous job Ooh, here with the ESPN Ithaca winter hats. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Now, good. if I do this, Let's I'm going to have to have Anita come back and do the uh, hair. But whatever. I'll I'm do with, it too. I'm with Cece on Sorry, this. Sorry, Anita. So here we go. We're going to wear the ESPN Ithaca winter hats to start the program here today. Uh, <laughs> Smalls, yours matches your shirt literally perfectly. It really does. You knew that this was coming here I'm, today. I'm, I was built for this today. Wow, this wow. is really comfortable. Oh, wait. There's another nice, thing. Right? There's another nice. thing. <laughs> I didn't even realize this. There are these uh, the computer little stickers here as well. The ESPN Ithaca okay. stickers. Oh, there. I'll put it on my computer. So shout out to ESPN Ithaca for giving us this great gift here today. Obviously, um, tremendous with the uh, with the hats and the koozies and everything. Well done, ESPN Ithaca. Well done. One hundred seven point one and eleven sixty a.m. in Ithaca. Ithaca is playing better right now than the Chargers did last mm. night. Brandon Staley still employed, I guess. You know, Brandon Staley of the Chargers. How? Well, how is he still employed? I, I mean, here's the thing. How I, did he get back on the plane to L.A.? You just wanted them to leave. Like him there. what? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Including well, based on coach. that ass whipping that the Raiders just doled out on you, the Spanos family would have been well within their rights to leave Brandon Staley in Vegas, <laughs> fire him on the spot. That's happened a few times in sports, right? I feel like the Florida Panthers did that once, where they left their coach somewhere. But that was a brutal performance, sixty-three twenty-one. I was thinking about this, guys. Staley was nine and eight in year one, ten and seven in year two, right? And all of us thought he stunk. But the numbers wouldn't back up him stinking in terms of the record. Now, there's no debate. They are awful, Smalls. They are. And I'm wondering what it's going to take for them to move on from Brandon Staley. I don't know if this is a Chicago Bears type thing where they just don't want to fire anybody in season, so they're going to wait until the end of the season. But 
we had said it's going to take something significant this year for Brandon Staley to overcome what happened in the playoffs last year, the meltdown in the playoffs last year. And we really have no data points in his favor, but this feels like the last nail in the coffin, no? Uh, it should maybe. be. It should be. And it's the perfect spot if they want to move on and give Kellen Moore a three-game look to see how he fares as the interim head coach mm-hmm. because you got the mini-bye week. I mean, it was a 45-minute flight from Vegas to L.A., so you get a chance to push the reset button and to flush this game and to flush a head coach that you know you're moving on from from the end of the season. But when we do the the eulogy for Brandon Staley and his three-year tender with the L.A. Chargers – there are two games that are going to pop up in everybody's mind. The 27 nothing collapse in the wild card round against the Jacksonville Jaguars last postseason and this game last night. Those are the games. I mean, think about it. You're down 42 to nothing at halftime. Halftime. To the Raiders. To the Raiders, a team <laughs> that didn't score any points the week before. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. Coming out in the third quarter, you got these dudes throwing wide receiver flea flicker touchdown passes on you after being down by 40. They were rubbing your noses in it. And there was nothing you could do. And for a coach who's claimed to fame is on the defensive side of the ball to not at least show some semblance of being competitive, even though the offense couldn't figure things out with Easton Stick and get past all of the turnovers, it's still – not acceptable that they went out and had that type of performance. And that just goes to show you, Smalls, this team has quit on their head coach. They have. Justin Herbert represented an opportunity for them to be able to overcome the bad coaching decisions, the the risky fourth and one situations, not necessarily having the best X's and O's on either side of the ball. Justin Herbert is is one of, is like the ultimate deodorant. He's the ultimate eraser. He can clean up all of the mistakes that a coach makes. But if you don't have Justin Herbert and you got to rock out there with Easton Stick, then all of a sudden, as a player, you don't feel like you're going to have a path to victory. And that's what it felt like last night watching that game from the Chargers. Well, Brandon Staley was asked what you thought he would be asked after the game about his job security. Here's what he had to say. Brandon, do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Do you think you should be? Yes. Why? I know that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I put into this, and you know I know that we're capable of going. I know the type of coach that I am. I believe in myself. But again, this isn't about me. This is about a, a group that's hurting in there. We got to get some rest, and we got to get ready for Buffalo. I, I maybe this is recency bias. I don't remember a head coach ever answering questions about his job security in season with an answer. He's actually defending himself where normally you would say like, okay, you know, coach, do you think you're going to be the coach tomorrow? I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about that. I got to get this team better. We lost tonight, whatever. You hear them deflect. He actually answered the question. He's like, I believe in myself. And I, I mean, I, I understand he was asked it, but I don't remember Smalls ever a coach answering this question. Because he knows that he can't just say we're on to the next game. We're right. going to turn the page. He knows that he has to defend himself and fight for his job because he hasn't put it together on the field. And I know that Justin Herbert is out for the season, but one of my biggest pet peeves in sports is wastelands of talent. Mm -hmm. And I do not want Justin Herbert to fall into that trap. I hope that the Chargers look at him and say, this is 
a singular talent. This is a top 10 quarterback, maybe a top five quarterback at times. He certainly has the talent to get there. We cannot waste him. We cannot waste his career. And with him being out for the season, you certainly see, as you see, CC, that it's a, a completely different team without him. And you need to make sure that you're putting a coach in place that's going to get the best out of him and get the best out of everybody around him. And you need to really go for it from a personnel standpoint, too. They, they can't just waste Justin Herbert's career. There's no doubt about it. And here's the thing, Smalls. I, I do believe that they would have gotten outclassed without all of the mistakes that we saw from them. But that's the part that's the indictment on the coach. You had three fumbles in the first half. You had one from your quarterback, ball security in the pocket. You had one from your punt returner, who ends up fumbling the ball. And then you had one from your running back, Spiller. Like They gave the ball away on fumbles pretty much every single way you could do it, and it didn't get much better in the second half. Like You had this situation in the second half where you had another sack fumble that led to a scoop and score, and you had a pick six on a, on a smoke screen. Those types of things can't happen and, and and your coach not have to deal with any repercussions. That's just bad ball any way you slice it. And what compounds it is Brandon Staley continuing to be ultra-aggressive and not necessarily have the dividends or have the return on being aggressive. He did it again, fourth and one at midfield in the first half. They got stopped, ends up leading to points for the, L, uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. So those are the types of situations where, you, as a player, our coach keeps putting us in adverse circumstances because he wants to take these risks and they don't pan out. And that's where the charges are at now. And when you don't have Justin Herbert, those things get compounded. And that's where this team is, and that's why they have to make a decision. They have to make a change for change's sake, if for no other reason, to send a message throughout the organization, throughout the locker room, and throughout the fan base that what we saw last night was unacceptable. The flip side of this, you heard it in the highlight there coming in, Jason Harwitz, Raiders Radio Network, the voice of the Raiders. like the stunning nature, nobody expected this from the Raiders last night. There was conversation about whether or not Aiden O'Connell would get benched for Jimmy G, who got benched for Aiden O'Connell, right? So the musical chairs at quarterback, they come out there. Devontae Adams is over 100 yards and a touchdown. O'Connell has three touchdown passes. Of course, I benched him in fantasy. I don't know why I had him in fantasy in the first place. But anyway, the, the reality is... This was as unexpected for the Raiders as it was for the Chargers. We talk about that Dolphins 70-point game against the Broncos all the time this year. They were seven points away. The Dolphins are known as a high-powered offense. The Raiders fired a coach midseason, and that was big for your former teammate Antonio Pierce. He needed that win last night. Yeah, I was more dialed into this game than I should have been because I'm rooting for AP to get the long-term job, Mm -hmm. to be the head coach uh, and and drop the interim title. Last night was a huge step in the right direction. No doubt. The thing that I loved most about it, they're up 42-0. Coming out after halftime, he talked to Kaylee Hartung on Prime Video, and – she asked, what can they expect? What was his message to the team at halftime? He said, keep your foot on the gas pedal. Mm. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. And I mean to show because they ran a flea flicker uh, for with a wide receiver for a touchdown in the red zone. Like it, They showed you, like, we're going to be hyper-aggressive in this situation. He, and post-game, he said, these guys scored zero points last week against Minnesota. We all felt some kind of way. I wasn't going to tell them to stop scoring. As a former player, I can't tell you how much I love that. I love to hear that from my coach. He gets me. He understands me. Max Crosby talked about it. He said, hey, you know what? We lost the last three weeks, but the growth we've made during that time was more significant than what we had the previous year and a half. Wow. 
So he's taught they're, they're all caping for AP to keep this job. And last night was them responding when everybody starting to question whether or not he was out over his skis. So I love that for AP. I love that for that Raiders team because if we're being honest, this is one of the flagship franchises in the NFL. It's a great brand that's fallen on hard times. I'm hoping that somebody with the backstory of AP, growing up in Compton, growing up a Raiders fan because they were in L.A. at the time, him having the job and, and resurrecting that outlaw mentality – that's not only great for that franchise, that's good for the NFL. And it's fun for us to watch. And anytime you put up 63 points in a game, I'm sure you're going to be having a good time as a player. Hell but, yeah. <laughs> but you see the way they react to him and, and how excited they are to have success for him. The energy around this team has completely shifted. They looked so miserable early on in the year. I mean, Devontae Adams was in a terrible place. And now you see this. this. Look at the big man, John Jenkins. <laughs> Let's see it. On ESPN2, the big man, John Jenkins, defensive tackle. And the, the, Smalls, not to cut you off, no, you're but good. AP's reaction when he saw that play awesome. from John Jenkins, it was awesome. And he was genuinely happy for his guys that they could show out and they could celebrate in that way. Like, that's that's the kind of enthusiasm that's infectious. And that's what you need to change the culture. And that's the part that's not lost on me, Ev. Like, a part of why you run it up on a team like the Chargers, you send a message to a division rival. That's one thing. But you also send a message to your guys in your locker room. It's a new day. Things are going to change. We just scored the most points in franchise history. Right. And this is just, not a new franchise. And we just getting started. And I think that's the part that a lot of people miss when they start questioning whether or not it was right from a, a sportsmanship standpoint to drop 63 on the Chargers' head. Well, you said something. Here's why it is right. You're living up to the brand. The Steelers can't do that. The Steelers' brand is different. The, Ra- the Raiders' brand is when it's right, you are the team that's running it up. You are the, the bad boys of the NFL. In a weird way, when you're putting on that silver and black, you're allowed to be the bad boy in a way. The Steelers, you need to wear a suit and tie, and you need to be buttoned up, and you need to, and that's okay too, right? There's two ways of, of doing it here, but I think because of the team, in a way, it actually speaks yeah. towards what the team should be, mm-hmm. as crazy as it sounds. And yet, in this case, the laundry does matter. That their uniform matters. I'm wearing a winter hat, and Smalls is wearing a winter hat, and CeCe's wearing a winter hat. Thanks to ESPN. I just caught a a glimpse of myself on TV, and I'm like, you look like an absolute moron more than normal, and I'm talking to myself. All right, coming up, the game of the weekend in the NFL should be the Cowboys and the Bills. We'll discuss coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Do we expect Brandon Staley Chargers to be out today? Certainly conversation about it last night after the 63-21 victory for the Chargers. You can weigh in on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. You heard all of the audio there. Cowboys 10-3 and three at the Bills 7-6 and six this weekend. The game is in Buffalo. Cowboys, of course, have been excellent as of late. Buffalo is the 11th seed in the AFC, which is weird to say considering how many good players are obviously on their team. And the Cowboys are interesting. They're 7-0 and at home, 3-3 three and three away. So in some ways, when we look at the Cowboys, could this potentially be the most impressive win of the season for them? If they were to go on the road and beat Buffalo? <clears throat> Are we still going to look at last week and, and the Eagles, et cetera, potentially? Uh, last week was impressive to me yeah. just because we had the head-to-head with Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, both of them healthy and on the field, and Dak got the better of them. Now, it's not to say that Dak didn't play well when they were in Philadelphia earlier in the season, but, of course, at the end, there were some plays that Dak wished he could have had back. Remember, he stepped out of bounds on the two-point conversion, didn't give him a chance on that play. Then he took a, a bad sack at the end of the game in the red zone. They only got two shots at the end zone in a four-down scenario. So I, I just – there were some things at the end of that game that didn't look great, but overall the numbers were fine. As a matter of fact, the numbers were more than fine. He threw for 375 yards. So I guess my whole point is with last week's win over Philly – you finally saw the correlation between Dak playing really well and them beating an upper echelon team, a double-digit win team in Philadelphia. It's one thing to beat the Seattle Seahawks at home Mm -hmm. on Thursday night. It's another thing entirely to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl on Sunday night football. And so for me, exercising those demons is one of those one of those instances, one of those opportunities for Dallas to now use that as momentum going into the stretch run of the regular season. And if you can couple what we saw last week versus the Eagles and pair it with a win in Buffalo this season, that really does say a lot about this Dallas Cowboys team. I know the Bills are 7-6. and six. I know that this season has not been what we envisioned for them, but they're still a really good football team and a really desperate and dangerous football team. And it's not easy to go into that place with those fans in that environment and get a win. And if you can, in back-to-back weeks, beat two teams that are considered to be in the playoff hunt slash Super Bowl contenders, including one big win on the road, that's really impressive to me. When you look at these two teams, you have two head coaches that have both had tremendous success over the course of their careers, just in general. I'm not comparing them to Andy Reid or Mike Tomlin, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, Mike McCarthy and Sean McDermott. Yet both of them have been mentioned because of expectations as hot seat guys. Right. I mean, this is what's so interesting about this game that we have these two teams matching up. You have potentially, you know, McCarthy could be coach of the year, could be hot seat. Right. Sean McDermott in the past has been a coach of the year guy. Now a hot seat guy. So I think that part of it is interesting. There's also the Dak part. Last week we said, okay, this was huge towards surpassing Jalen Hurts in the MVP conversation. Great performance this week. Is it over? MVP over? Is it Dax? Yes. Yeah, it's Dax. It's stacks because when I think about the teams that the Cowboys have uh, after this week, they, they've got the Miami Dolphins on the road and then the Detroit Lions. Based on how those two teams are playing, this feels like their toughest text over that next three-game span in the game, the four-game gauntlet that we anticipated them going through, starting with the Eagles. So if they win this game, then Dak is the MVP. There's no doubt about it. Now the pressure gets ratcheted up on Mike McCarthy, 
but I think the expectations for the team overall should go up because the Cowboys are now one of four teams in the Super Bowl era to have eight wins in a regular season of 20 points or more. So the margin of victory was 20 points or more in eight of, of, of at least eight of their wins. The last team to do it was the 2007 Patriots. They got to the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, all, other, all those other teams that are in that mix got to the Super Bowl. So those would be the expectations. That would be the lens that we, we should now be viewing the Dallas Cowboys through. And it only, it only serves to heighten the expectations if you go on the road and beat the Buffalo Bills. And Smalls, you mentioned how that's not an easy place to win at. Think about this. You are talking about a situation where the Buffalo Bills – in December and January, with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, fifteen and two, fifteen and two, last three years, fifteen and two. So that that's the kind of like that's what we're talking about with this team. Think about it. Josh Allen has only won, lost one playoff game at home, and that was to Joe Burrow. And this is a de facto playoff game for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So if you go on the road, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and get this done then why shouldn't we believe that you're a live dog to win the division? Why shouldn't we believe that Dak Prescott is the MVP of the league? That, that, that's the thing. I, I think this is a statement, another statement game for the Dallas Cowboys. As a matter of fact, pretty much every game from here on out for them is a statement game just because of how tight the division race is and the race to the number one seed in the NFC is overall. You're right, and if he wins this game, Dak probably does lock up MVP. I wish that Tyreek Hill would be in that conversation because we see his value, and if he continues on this pace and, and breaks the record, I think that that's certainly worth bringing up. But because of the value of the quarterback position, it's going to be difficult for him to get it done. But it's so interesting to me when we have this conversation because we're talking about Dak Prescott potentially being one game away from locking up the MVP. The Dallas Cowboys having really impressive, potentially back-to-back wins, including a really tough victory on the road. And yet, if they don't get it done in the playoffs, we're likely going to be talking about Mike McCarthy and his job security, which is bonkers to me that we can have both of those conversations simultaneously knowing how integral he is to the success of this team they wouldn't be here without him without his work with Dak without his play calling without that uh, that rhythm that the two of them have Mm -hmm. but the expectations are so high for the Dallas Cowboys that if they can't make it to the championship round we're going to be talking about him losing his job so let's play out them winning this weekend just for argument's sake them being the Cowboys so they go on the road they beat Buffalo that would put them on a six game winning streak They'd be 11-3. and three. They'd have wins in back-to-back weeks. Let's go three straight weeks against Seattle, Philadelphia, and at Buffalo. And I'm just thinking to myself, what if we said that this was going to happen before this season? How would we feel about the Dallas Cowboys? Because this is pretty remarkable what they're doing. And yet you're right. Like, I, I want to support Mike McCarthy every which way. I know I can support him up until a certain point because what's going to happen is what you guys have been saying is if they lose that first playoff game, buy or no buy, if they lose that first playoff game, I know he's going to be on the hot seat. And it's so frustrating because look at this season. This has been an awesome season so far. It's been an awesome season, but they played the 30th ranked schedule in the NFL based on opponent wins and losses. So, like, that's where the Cowboys are at. So, I think there, there is some – there is – a reason to be skeptical of them based on that and based on the previous failures that we've seen when it matters the most, especially in the postseason. But here's why this team is different. Dak Prescott is different. We haven't seen this version of him. This is a different level of quarterbacking since week eight. You're talking about the top quarterback in QBR, the top quarterback in touchdown to interception ratio, 22 touchdowns to only two picks. 
The dude is playing out of his mind. He is. But I know Michelle Smallman, who then will follow that up with, yeah, but I got to see that in the playoffs, right? I do. I, right? Do. I mean, that's what you said to every Cowboy argument all year is, okay, now let's see that in the playoffs. Only, only good vibes from me going to I've, the I've noticed. Only positivity. You, they're putting together some, some data points to make me believe that they can do it. Okay. Right. Almost good. there. Right. Not fully the way there. Right. Almost there. I would love to. I want, I'm rooting for Dak. How can you not root for this guy? The level of poise that he shows when everybody doubts him and everybody doesn't think he can do it. All he does is work harder and and improve himself. I, he's and an, shoot commercials that are funny as hell. And has the best, <laughs> has the best audible call since Omaha. Here we go. CCS this from Granger. All right. For the ones who get it done like Dak Prescott this season, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. So quick little story time. We're sitting here yesterday. The show ends. It's 10 a.m. Eastern. We're starting to talk about different things for the next show and about our show. And all of a sudden... Michelle Smallman, who gets every Chiefs game right this year, and Chris Canny, who knows NFL better than anybody, start having a conversation about the Chiefs possibly losing this weekend again. I'm sorry, what? We're still here with the Chiefs losing? We still think that this Chiefs poor play could continue against a 3-10 and New England team? I know top to bottom, when you look at these rosters, you think, that feels impossible. The Patriots should not be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that they're in a bit of a slump. They're vulnerable this year in ways that they haven't been. But it's still a much better team than what we're seeing out of the New England Patriots. But this this Chiefs team is showing signs of unraveling in ways that we have not seen out of them during the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid era. We saw Patrick Mahomes meltdown over the call to end the game last week. We have Travis Kelsey coming out and defending his teammates and blasting the media. I mean, these are... We have that one. Okay, this okay. is This is what Kelsey had to say that Smalls is referencing. There's a lot of media pointing fingers at uh, some of the skill players that we have. I say that, and excuse my language, uh, we usually 
cuss in lighthearted ways, but I felt like you guys had to feel that. Whoever's talking on uh, on the the skill players in uh, in our offense right now, man, it's um. This is a group effort. And when you turn the film on, what's real is that we got guys that can play this game and we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with. I know it. I've been on championship caliber teams. Nobody, nobody's talking crap about you, though, dog. Like media members are simply pointing out what we see. We're talking facts. Yeah. Not, not like your, your, your receivers lead the league in drops. They lead the league in drops. Pat Mahomes is literally throwing it on receivers and they're dropping the ball. To quote Giselle, he can't throw it and <laughs> catch it too. That's where we're at. We have now entered the portion of the season where we're questioning whether or not we're going to see something that we've never seen before, Evan, which is the Chiefs losing three straight games with Pat Mahomes as a starting quarterback. Last time that happened was 2017, his rookie year where he wasn't the starter. It was Alex Smith. So, I mean, that that's, that's where they're at. It's on the board. And here's the thing. Bill Belichick, extra time to prepare because they played on Thursday night football. They, they got a win. Bailey Zappi's got some confidence. Their offense had an explosion, scoring north of 20 points. And we know that their defense <laughs> has been consistent. And, and on the flip side of it, we're talking about a Chiefs team that has lost four of their last six games. So it is on the board that Kansas City could lose this weekend. And if they do... I think it's clear and obvious that we have to remove all benefit of the doubt when it comes to the kind of success that this team could have this season. If they lose to the New England Patriots, I no longer look at the Kansas City Chiefs as a title contender. Yeah, I'm already there. But I'll scoot over so that you can get on this bandwagon if they lose to the New England (laughs) Patriots. But doesn't this feel like one of those Bill Belichick games when all of the news is about his his future and his fate already being sealed, that the Patriots are going to move on from him next season? That you have the Kansas City Chiefs, what is the new version of what he built in New England right now, coming in to his place and showing signs of weakness. Doesn't this feel like a Bill Belichick special, Evan? I don't like what's going on here. I, I, as a Pats fan, I don't like this because like there's too much. Oh, now we're going to love the Patriots? When no, we're not loving the them. Chiefs? We're not loving them. We're not them. loving them. This is not about You're Patriots. not loving the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I, don't you think that things are percolating a little bit with the don't Patriots? I, don't They're I showing think, signs I, I of life? I think that every week. That's been my problem. I just always just, I've assumed that for 13 weeks. So do you want worked. them to win or not? Yes, I always you, want you them want, to win. So you want them to win. But can, okay. I, can I own something here? I would make... Or have made. If you said to me, hey, all of a sudden, this is the obvious transition. You're going to go from talk show host to Kansas City Chiefs GM. I would have made the same mistakes that the Chiefs made. I would have said to Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry. You're the best quarterback in the league. You're one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You're not the most accomplished quarterback. Brady is. But you may be just overall like the best guy we've ever seen. Yeah. I can't spend too much money at the wide receiver position because you're just going to make them good. I'd rather use it for Chris Jones. I'd rather on the defensive side. I'd rather use it for all the other to protect you. I wouldn't have spent money at the wide receiver position, and I would have been wrong. But I would have done exactly what they did. Well, here's the thing: you have to invest resources, and you have to hit if you choose not to spend money. So the draft picks have got to be good. Like you, you need more from Sky Moore. Like you, no pun intended. You need more from him. Kadarius Tony, you shipped a third-round pick to the New York Giants in order to get him. He's been a nothing burger. He was great last year in the Super Bowl, One game, but it's yeah. too far, too far, too too little inconsistency. That that's costing your team with the mistakes that he's making. And then Rashi Rice has been solid. He's been fine. He's been solid, but but based on the lack of production that you're getting from the other guys, you need him to be better. Justin Watson, I'm not going to let him skate. He's been bad with the drops. Like, all of those guys have got to be better. So, if you're going to go cheap 
in terms of your cap dollar allocation at the position, then that means you've got to use draft picks in order to keep costs down and still get a high level of production. And they've missed out on both ends. They haven't spent big in terms of free agency or contract extensions at the position, and they haven't necessarily hit on the guys that they've drafted at that position. So it only serves to compound it and put more pressure on Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes, which is why I think it's it's fair to question you know, whether or not Andy Reid and Brett Veach are doing right by Pat Mahomes, a player that has left money on the table in order for them to continue to surround him with the requisite talent that it takes to compete for championships. If this team falls short, it's not because of anything that Pat Mahomes no. does. And quite frankly, it's not because of anything the defense has done. It would be because the head coach and the general manager didn't do enough to support their quarterback, the best player in the league. They didn't do enough to support him properly to allow him to contend at the highest levels of the sport. And think about that. If Patrick Mahomes can't overcome certain amount of circumstances and we say he may be the best to ever do this – Maybe we should look at other quarterback situations in a different light. If they're yeah. not, they don't have the talent around them. We always, whether it's fair or not, put it on the quarterback. But if this guy who always makes magic happen can't overcome a situation where his receivers aren't up to par, you know, it, it makes me look at other quarterback situations a little differently. The funny thing on that, if you do the compare and contrast, if you go, listen, you can't use anybody in the same sentence as Mahomes. Like it's not fair. Even Hertzboro, like there's none of them. None, none of them are, none of them are Pat. But so he's on one level. The next level. Burrow, right, when healthy. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Jalen Hurts. Oh, Ty, Brown, Ty, Tyler Boyd, too. Tyler Boyd. And, and Joe Mixon, yeah. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, right? Yeah. Josh Allen, if you want to go there, I wouldn't put him there. You guys know that. But still, I mean, you don't think Mahomes would like to have Gabe Davis? He's got Davis Steph Diggs, and, and they Steph drafted Diggs. Dalton Kincaid yeah. in the first round. Every one of the alleged peers has more talent around them than Mahomes. And again, I am owning... What I would do if I was in that spot, I would take him for granted, and I I don't and I wouldn't want to, but I probably would end up taking him for granted. And, and that's going to co- figure it out. And that's going to cost you an opportunity to win a championship in the right. heart of his prime. You're probably right. And that's the unfortunate part about all of this because the guy told you before the season that his bar is Tom Brady and chasing greatness. He wants to find a way to catch Brady, and basically. This year, he's going to have trouble overcoming what his head coach and GM set him up for with this receiving core, which is a massive disappointment. So it's interesting because we're playing the – they're one loss away from – they're one loss away from eliminating them from title contention in, in our minds. They're one – potentially they're one loss away from a three-game losing streak, which is not – you know, anything we've seen with Mahomes. I'll also say they're one loss away from me questioning Andy Reid. Like, try something different. You have better tight ends than you do wide receivers. You have better running backs than you do wide receivers. Play around a little bit. You're the most creative offensive guy around there. I don't need seven wide receivers on the field. Give me more tight ends. Give me more running backs. That's what I would just look at because I know football better than Andy Reid, obviously. Four four downs coming up brought to you by Geico next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. What's This is Four Downs. First down. Four Downs brought to you by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service on the go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. Michelle Smallman gives Chris Canty and myself, Evan Cohen, four questions. We debate the answers with our ESPN Ithaca gear here. Thanks to ESPN (laughs) Ithaca for sending us the gear today. Go ahead, Smalls. Shout out to ESPN Ithaca. This version of Four Downs, this edition, is which quarterback do you have more confidence in this weekend edition? So for first down, let's take a look at Broncos at Lions. Which quarterback do you have more confidence in, Russell Wilson or Jared Goff? I'm going to go with Dangerous, man. And, and it's really because I know Sean Payton ain't going to let Russ lose him the game. That's the thing. We've seen that with Jared Goff over the last month of football. The turnovers, the inefficiency on the offensive end. Conversely, with Sean Payton, it ain't about Russell Wilson throwing for 300 yards. It's about Russell Wilson doing enough in those moments where he needs to throw the ball, but trying to stay ahead of schedule, trying to make sure you stay in the downs and distances where you keep pressure off of the quarterback. And so that's why I have more confidence in Russ in this matchup. And then also, Russ gets a chance to go against that Detroit Lions defense that has been porous, to say the least. The Denver Broncos defense has been pretty damn good the last two months. Definitely Russell Wilson. Definitely Russell Wilson. And that's because you love Russell Wilson. I, yeah. Well, I, a Wisconsin guy, Homer, yeah. uh-huh. he loves Russell Wilson. That, that's Russell Wilson that has had a hell of a year. Different kind of year, right? Everyone wrote him off. And you know what? The version of him we wrote off is actually gone. But we didn't think there was a new version of him that could be there, right? The complimentary game manager, I look at that as a positive. He's done a phenomenal job at that. And the partnership between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton this year has worked. So, Russell Wilson. So, he's Mr. Limited now, as long as he does what yeah, Sean as long as you li- as long as you limit <laughs> him. He's exactly. Good. Mr. Limited. The possibilities for the team are limitless. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm still going to go with Jared Goff, though, guys. I know he's on a bit of a, uh, having a bit of a scuffle here and that uh-huh. Russ is finding his way, but don't we have more faith in Jared Goff than we do in Russell Wilson? Guys? No. That's why I answered Russell Wilson. Okay. No. Wow. I'll take Jared Goff. You guys can have Mr. Limited. But he's playing well. Shout out to him. Second down. Second down. Ravens at Jags. Who do we have more confidence in? Lamar Jackson or Trevor Lawrence? Lamar Jackson. And again, it has to do with the defense that he's facing. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense, they're opportunistic, but they'll give up a lot of yards. And so as long as Lamar protects the football, they should be fine. Conversely, Trevor Lawrence is going up against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in all of football. They're top two, and they might not be two. That's how good the Ravens are when it comes to their defense. They're second in total defense. They're second in scoring defense. They're second in defensive EPA, which is expected points added. And this Ravens defense is lights out when it comes to defending quarterbacks in zone coverage. Now, Trevor Lawrence has the highest QBR in zone coverage, so it's a strength on strength when it comes to this matchup when the Jags offense is on the field. But I will always give the edge to the Ravens defense, number one, because I'm a Raven. But secondly, (laughs) I believe in the brand of balls they're playing, especially with that unit. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson 
having more confidence in him in this matchup? My answer is yes. Can I have either one of these guys? Like, these are two guys that I think that every fan, if you're a fan of a team that doesn't have a good quarterback, you should want as your quarterback. But for this weekend specifically, I got to go Lamar simply because the high ankle sprain. Yeah. Like, let's not ignore the fact that Trevor Lawrence is playing through injury. Three touchdowns, three picks last week. But I'm going to go with Lamar. I think Lamar's game last week against the Rams is one that we look back on. If they go to the Super Bowl this year and we say that was the biggest game of the season for them in their third and 17 touchdown, the punt return walk off in overtime. I think last week was a big one for Lamar and the Ravens. Yeah, I'm with you. It's got to be Lamar and the injury cannot be overlooked. Let's go to third down. Third down. Vikings at Bengals. Who do we have more confidence in, Nick Mullins or Jake Browning? Jake Browning. The last two starts for Jake, they scored 68 points. Like, I mean, that is hard to ignore. You're seeing that production. Everybody is pitching in. This is a different offense now that T. Higgins is on the field. Remember, his first game back was the Jacksonville Jaguars game. So I'm going to go ahead and throw out what we saw in Jake Browning's first official start against the Steelers when they only scored 10 points. Now that he has the full complement of weapons, seeing what Joe Mixon is doing, him coming alive, seeing what you got from T. Higgins, and knowing that that dude, number one, Jamar Chase, is still out there. Yeah, give me Jake Browning in this matchup. I have zero confidence in Nick Mullins. I am right there with you. I was on yesterday, ESPN 1530, with our buddy Tony Pike, um, and we talked about Jake Browning and what he's doing for that organization. This is kind of the Matt Castle year in a way. They may not make the playoffs, but like the system in Cincinnati works, right? The system that we have in Cincinnati right now is really impressive, and I think Zach Taylor is a guy that we thought got carried to the Super Bowl by Joe Burrow. Yeah. We can no longer say that. Like, he yeah. is a good football coach, and we've probably ignored him because he's just like, I don't remember. Because he single, has Joe Burrow. Yeah, and Ooh. I don't remember a single <laughs> soundbite. You know, Sirianni had the planting soundbite, whatever the heck oh, that was, years ago, yeah. a couple years ago. That press conference yeah. was terrible. Terrible. Michelle Beisner-Buck was with us yesterday. She referenced that weird press conference that Sirianni had. So there's like I don't know anything about Zach Taylor in terms of like specifics relative to that big moment. Guy went to a Super Bowl and he's winning with a backup quarterback. Good for him. And Jake Browning's been trying to tell us that he believes he's that guy. Yeah. I mean, he might not be Joe Burrow, but he has the confidence of Joe Burrow. He was telling us before his first start even, I know how good I am. I've had a lot of winning in my life. I'm ready for this opportunity. And he stepped in seamlessly. All right. Let's keep moving. Fourth down. Fourth down. Bucks at Packers. Who do we have more confidence in, Baker Mayfield or Jordan Love? Oh, I'm I'm gonna go with Baker. I am shocked. I'm gonna go with Baker. Listen, he's had a good season. I know, I know but that's I'm the shocked thing. I know. I know people him. don't want to talk about it. I know it's not a popular opinion. This dude is playing decent football, y'all. He's playing decent football. I, I mean, the last two months. You can put Baker Mayfield's numbers you know, next to some of the better quarterbacks in our league, and you wouldn't know who's who if you did a blind reveal. That That's how solid he's been. Now, I'm not saying that he's the franchise quarterback for the Bucks moving forward, but what I am saying is I trust him to give me competent quarterback play this time of year. Baker Mayfield started and won a playoff game. Baker Mayfield in Arrowhead had a one-possession game against the Chiefs. Uh, in, in a situation where the Chiefs got all they wanted in the fourth quarter of that game. So I, I, I'm i going to say this. Baker Mayfield, with the weapons that they have around him in Tampa, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans coming alive, I, I feel better about them in this spot than I do Jordan Love. Yeah, Baker's had a good year. No question about that. I think that, obviously, it's been quiet. You think about what Tampa was with Brady. It was the focal point of the league. Obviously, if Brady's not there, it's a little different. 
But if you look at Jordan Love, last week against the Giants was more of the hiccup than the regular game. I mean, he had three touchdowns, no picks against Kansas City. Same stat line against Detroit. And two uh, touchdowns, no picks against the Chargers, which I guess is not that hard based on what we saw last night. But Jordan Love, I have more faith in because I think he's going to have a big bounce back game this weekend. I think he will as well. I'm going to go with Jordan Love on this one. But Baker Mayfield, to me, is such a great example of how much stability matters. During his time in Cleveland, how many head coaches did he have? About 100. How many coordinators did he have? He was constantly in this carousel of volatility and coaching turnover. And I wonder if, at the beginning of his career, if he was drafted to an organization that had that stability, what he could have turned into. Because he is having a really good season and playing some good football. Like if he was drafted to the Browns now. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. this version of the Browns. Now he by the way, he contributed a little bit to no his doubt. own demise. No doubt. Sure. So we no can't doubt. ignore that. But part I of always it. wonder. But Todd Bowles, maybe as much as anybody in the league, is gonna be a straight line. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get too high, you're not gonna get too low, you're gonna be disciplined, smart football team. Todd Bowles is gonna keep it calm with your team, and I think Baker is is in a good spot. I do wonder, is he their their guy for the long haul, like two, three years, let's call it long haul, or is he everyone's number one bridge guy now? Is he the, I, think, I think he's a very good bridge guy. So he's going to be on another team as a starter next yeah. year, starting with the exact same number. Well, here's basically. the thing. I think Jared Goff is a bridge guy. So if I think Goff is a bridge guy, yeah, then, ba- then Baker yeah. Mayfield has mm-hmm. to be a bridge guy too. Four downs brought to you by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service. And on-the-go policy info in the app, it's easy to Geico. Four downs. Everybody. Baker Mayfield as many touchdown passes as Justin Herbert, C.J. Stroud, and Jalen Hurts. Wow. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> just just putting that out there. Wow. Really? Yeah. Maybe we should have noticed that before right now. We're on Sportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.